Good morning, everyone. It's great to be with you on this Easter morning. Hope that you've had a great worship so far. Maybe a little uh, fun time having some Easter egg crack off competition or maybe your favorite Easter uh, breakfast casserole. I sure wish we could be together uh, with our traditional Easter celebrations as the Chippewa Valley Church. But um, amen. We'll hopefully be together next year. All right. Uh, the sermon today, we're going to continue in our series talking about being strong in Christ. You know, Paul said in Philippians chapter 2, he says, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. You know, really the resurrection, the truth of Jesus bodily raising from the dead is not only a linchpin to our whole Christian faith, but really it's a linchpin to our strength in Christ. Satan said that he came to, Jesus said that Satan came to steal and kill and destroy. And Satan not, not only wants to uh, destroy our eternal life, but destroy our lives as we live day to day. But Jesus came to, that they could have life and have it to the full. The power of the resurrection is crucial to really experiencing that life to the full. So easy, isn't it? We've grown so familiar with the resurrection as Christians, that the meaning just kind of becomes a little bit of a religious jargon for us. I hope is today that uh, this message will remind us of what the resurrection really can mean, not only for our eternal life, but for our daily lives as well. So to do so, we're going to study, actually, we're going to look at the resurrection of Lazarus. And with Jesus being there, we're able to hear how he frames the death, burial, and resurrection of Lazarus, and it really gives us great insight into his own death, burial, resurrection, and then how we can apply that to our own lives. So I know I'm going through the book of Luke, and Grayson is preaching through the book of John, but I'm going to steal a little bit from the book of John today, John chapter 11, where we find the story of uh, Lazarus, and Grayson can just, well, deal with it, I guess. John chapter 11, we're going to read the story of the resurrection of Lazarus. Verse 1, Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary, and her sister Martha. It was the Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. So the sister sent word to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. But when Jesus heard this, he said, This sickness is not to end in death, but for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified in it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he then stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to the disciples, Let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you, and you are going there again? Jesus answered, are there not twelve hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble. If he sees the light, because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. This he said, and after that he said to them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go so that I may awaken him out of sleep. The disciples then said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will recover. I don't think the disciples were quite tracking with Jesus here. Now, Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought he was speaking of literal sleep. So then 
Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there so that you may believe. Let us go to him. Therefore, Thomas, who's called Didymus, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go so that we may die with him. So when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. Martha, therefore, when she heard that Jesus was coming, went to meet him, but Mary stayed at the house. Martha then said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord. I have believed that you are the Christ the Son of God, even he who comes into the world. When she had said this, she went away and called Mary, her sister, saying secretly, The teacher is here and is calling for you. And When she heard it, she got up quickly and was coming to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha met him. Then the Jews who were with her in the house and consoling her, when they saw that Mary got up quickly and went out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. Therefore, when Mary came to where Jesus was, she saw him and fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Jesus therefore saw her weeping. And the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and was troubled and said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. So the Jews were saying, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could this man who opened the eyes of the blind have kept this man also from dying? Could not this man kept, kept him from dying? So Jesus, again being deeply moved within, came to the tomb. Now it was a cave. A stone was lying against it. Jesus said, remove the stone. Martha, the sister of the deceased, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be a stench. For he's been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not say to you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they removed the stone. Then Jesus raised his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but because of the people standing around, I said it. So that you may believe, excuse me, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus! Come forth. The man who had died came forth, bound hand and foot with wrappings, and his face was wrapped around with a cloth. Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. Therefore many of the Jews who had came to Mary and saw what he had done believed in him. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them the things which Jesus had done. What an awesome story of Lazarus dead for four days, Mary and Martha grieving Jesus who intentionally waits so that his power over death could be exhibited and his glory exhibited 
in that people would believe. This title of my message is Celebrating Victory Over Death and All Its Nasty Little Cousins. Victory Over Death and Celebrating Victory All Over Its Nasty Little Cousins. So I got two main points. Resurrection point number one is that God has the power over death. So this is kind of the, the big picture of Easter celebration. The big picture is that, listen, Lazarus had died. But Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. Basically, what this means is that God has power over death. God has the power to bring life from death. And this is what we see with, with Lazarus. He was dead. He was dead and gone. Four days. Wasn't in a coma. Wasn't just kind of, you know, sick or whatever. He was dead. But God has the power over death. And he has the power to bring life from death. That's what I love about springtime, don't you? Just on a walk this morning, the, the trees are starting starting to bud. It looks like even today, many of the buds are, are coming out. And the, the ground has been dead. It's brown, it's dry, it's dull. And all of a sudden we hear the robins starting to, to chirp. And life is coming from this death. You know, um, today we really celebrate victory over death as we face our own physical mortality. You know, often with this, uh, with this virus, I don't know if too many people haven't thought, boy, what if I caught the virus? And as we face our own mort mortality, resurrection of Christ means that we can live eternally if while we're alive, we through baptism enter Christ's Death, burial, and resurrection. I'll talk more about that in a minute. But we don't have to be afraid of our, our physical death because Christ has the power over death. I want to read from 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 15, verses 16 through 22, and then 53 through 57. So 1 Corinthians chapter 15. This is a very famous passage on on the resurrection and its victory over death, and yet to remind us today. Verse 16 says, says, For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is worthless. You are still in your sins. Then those who also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If we have hoped in Christ for this life only, we are of all men most to be pitied. It really shines a light. If, if we're living a Christian life just because it's a better life right now, uh, uh, we, we've missed, missed the point. We live, our hope is in the age to come. But now Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who are asleep. For since by a man came death, by a man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ all will be made alive. But each in his own order, Christ the firstfruits. After that, those who are Christ at his coming. Then comes the end when he hands over the kingdom to the God and Father, when he has abolished all rule and all authority and all power. Let's skip down to verse 53. Paul summarizes his comments here. He says, For the, this, this perishable must, be, must put on the imperishable, and this mortal must put on immortality. 
But when this perishable will have put on the imperishable, and this mortal will have put on the immortality, then will come about the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, the power of sin is the law, but thanks be to God. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And why is that victory through Jesus? Because God and his power raised Jesus from the dead and death and defeated our most powerful enemy, which is death. No human has the power over death. We stand helpless and powerless at death. But Jesus raised, was raised from the dead by the power of God. He has the power of life over death. But not only on our own physical mortality, but as, as we face our own spiritual mortality. In other words, as we face our own sinfulness. We've all sinned. We've all struggled. We've all broken. But the resurrection means that God has provided by grace a way back to him. Amen? God has provided by his grace, by his love for us, even though we've sinned, a way back fully to him. It's a way of forgiveness from the penalty of sin. The wages of sin is death. It's a way of freedom from the residuals of sin. The shame, the guilt, the discouragement, the negativity, all the different ways that Satan steals life from our hearts and from our minds. The woundedness of our sin or others. There's a way of freedom from all of that and the way of transformation. That the power of sin is overcome by the gift of the Holy Spirit. See, in Acts chapter 2, verse 3, it says, Those who were repentant, those who repented and were baptized received the forgiveness of their sins. That's the penalty of their sins. And received the indwelling Holy Spirit. That means because sin enslaves us. It has an incredible power in our lives. But when we have the Holy Spirit, we have this. We have the, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is in us to free us from the enslavement and power of that sin. That's good news. You know, I want to read Romans chapter 6, verses 4, because this is another, another baptism. Water baptism as adults is another thing that's just turned into a religious ceremony. But on Easter Sunday, it's important to understand what baptism really is. Listen for the resurrection in this. Verse 4, it says, Therefore we have been buried with him through baptism into death. See, baptism is where we become one with Christ. In his death, we're buried with him, but it doesn't stop there. Amen. So that Christ, so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. Can you imagine the newness of life that Lazarus felt on that day? When he was raised from the dead, so too in our baptisms, we were joined with that death and that burial and that resurrection and walk in the newness of life. For if we have been united, if we have been united with him like this, if we've been united, if we've been, if we've repented, made Jesus Lord and been baptized into the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, um, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him in order that our body of sin might be done away with. That we would no longer be slaves to sin. doesn't say that we would no longer sin. I've, met, I've been a lot of people, a lot of, a lot of baptized people, and every single one of them I've, I've seen sin, especially chief of sinners right here. Can I get a witness? 
But there's a difference between sinning and being enslaved to sin. Before I was baptized, I was enslaved to sin. I worshipped it. I followed it. I wanted more and more of it. But since I was baptized, sure, I struggle, but I get up and I repent. And that power is gone in my life. Um, in order that our body of sin might be done away with so that we would no longer be slaves to sin. For he who has died is freed from sin. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe we should also live with him. Knowing that Christ has been raised from the dead is never to die again. Christ lives today. We haven't seen him. Apostle Paul seen him. We haven't seen him. But he's alive. Amen. He's, he will never die again. Death no longer is master over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Even so, consider yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Have you faced some of your own sinful mortality this past week, maybe this past month? Have you seen it? Have you felt it? Have you given over to it? Listen, because of the resurrection, there is a way to transformation, a way to forgiveness, and a way to freedom from that power of sin. Let's celebrate that today. Amen? Let's celebrate. Okay, resurrection point number two. Resurrection point number two. God not only has power over death, he has power over all of death's nasty little cousins. All right? So give me a little liberty on this point. He has, we have, uh, God has power not just over big picture death, but all of the little cousins that come along with it. What am I talking about? For example, Mary and Martha, it wasn't just the death of Lazarus. They were grieving this death. They were hurting that emotional pain. Martha was a little bit more bitter. She's like, both of them like, if you would have been here. And uh, um, they were struggling with the Lord at that, at that time. The, the, the expectation uh, was that uh, 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 Jesus would have came in and saved the day, rescued them from that suffering. Jesus doesn't always rescue us from suffering. Matter of fact, he intentionally let Lazarus die, I believe. And sometimes uh, there's he intentionally lets suffering into our lives, circumstances that we don't like, so we can learn to believe and we, even when it's hard. There was emotional pain. And then even when he's about to raise Lazarus from the dead, I love this. Martha, is a, she's, she's, a, she's a detail-minded person, right? She was the one, all the preparations that had to be made. Mary was just sitting at Jesus' feet earlier. So, so... Jesus is about to be Lazarus, right? Maybe even start Lazarus. Oh, oh, Jesus, stop. Stop. Hold, hold it right there. Wait a second. Jesus, um, it, it stinks in there. Like, we got to get some Lysol up in this place. Like, some Febreze or something. Like, and could you only imagine Jesus like, seriously, Martha? Sister, come on. If I can handle death, don't you think I can handle the stink? Around the death. That's what I mean by death's nasty. If we believe Jesus can handle death, and yet we give over to the stink of anxiety and the stinks of worry and the stinks of, you know, fretting about this life. Wait a second. If we believe that Jesus handled death, our greatest enemy, don't we think he can handle lesser enemies? That had to be what was going through Jesus' mind at that moment. Like, Martha, I can... Handle the stink there, sister. Stop making a stink. So what what some of the the I got I got three three little nasty cousins of death. Hopelessness, 
pain and suffering, and anxiety and uncertainty. Let's talk about how the resurrection helps us as we face these. So as we face hopelessness, the resurrection means that we have a living hope. So Abraham, who hoped against all hope, you're going to have a baby. He's 90-some years old. Uh, Sarah also is, you know, getting up there. Uh, that, that's just not going to happen. We face situations where we can, that hopelessness starts to get into our hearts. Are you with me? The resurrection means that we have a living hope. First Peter 1 Peter 1.3 said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again, Romans 6, 4, in baptism, to a living hope. A, a hope that's not just, uh, uh, you know, here and there, it's alive. Our hope is alive through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Are you facing hopelessness? In your life. Um, listen, we have a, a living hope. Don't let that nasty little cousin of death uh, steal your steal your joy. As we face pain and suffering, you know, we all have pain. Maybe it's emotional pain. We'll have suffering. Uh, God never saves us from all suffering. But as we face these things, circumstances that are tough, the resurrection means that we have the deepest comfort of God. Mary was hurting. Martha was hurting. But Jesus came and he comforted them. He answered their questions, Martha's questions. He felt Mary's feelings. Incredible comfort. 2 Corinthians 1 verse 3 said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction." So that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Don't let pain and suffering have the final say. When the pain and suffering steals joy and peace and life to the full, then we've let a nasty little cousin of death, we've, we've taken that out of God maybe being able to handle that. I think he can handle that, amen? Um, it's like worrying about the smell. Now, pain and suffering, it hurts. It does hurt. But when we take that to God and we learn to receive God's comfort, and actually, God has turned our mourning into joy. Mourning, M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G. God has turned our grieving into joy through that kind of comfort. And last, as we face anxiety and uncertainty. I don't know if any of us who aren't just have a degree of anxiety over COVID-19 and what's it mean for the future? What's it mean for the economy? What's it mean for my job? What's it mean for our family? How long are we going to be able to survive in this house with, with all these kids running around, not going, not going to school? There's various levels of anxiety from really intense anxieties to kind of just inconvenient anxieties. But the resurrection means that we have an anchor for the soul. An anchor for the soul. That if he conquered death... Romans 8 says that we are more than conquerors. This anchor for the soul, this conquering means that we don't have to be controlled by anxiety. We don't have to be controlled by uncertainty. If, if uh, and, uh, Romans 8.32 says this, He who did not spare his own son, that's the Father. The Father loves us. He didn't even spare his own son. 
but gave him up for us all. How will he not graciously give us all things? If, if God has conquered death through the resurrection, you know what? He can conquer whatever troubles come our way. I don't know what troubles are coming my way. I don't know what troubles are coming uh, our country's way, our world's way. We don't know. We don't know if there's going to be another multiple waves. We don't know how long. There's just so much uncertainty. It's time for those who believe in the resurrection of Jesus. It's time for us to shine in faith with our anchors for the soul as the world is all freaking out. We can stand up and say, yeah, it's a little scary, but I have an anchor for my soul in the resurrection of the Christ. Proves it. Amen and amen. Anchor for the soul. Um, as we go into communion, I want us to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. Sure, it's a time of quietness, but it doesn't have to be a time of somberness. Yes, Jesus died on Good Friday. It was horrible. And he was buried on, on, uh, on Friday, and Saturday was tough. It was a time of anxiety. and well, We had hoped he was the one, but then Sunday morning comes. Amen? Sunday morning, that's what we remember in the communion, the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus. And we celebrate that resurrection and proclaim his name until he comes to restore fully his kingdom on earth. But listen to this, this, uh, this poem from uh, Author Unknown. The tomb could hold him no longer. Death is strong, but life is stronger. Stronger than the dark, the light. Stronger than the wrong, the right. Faith and hope triumphant say, Christ arose that resurrection day. Let's go ahead and pray for communion. Father, I pray that as we celebrate the resurrection, that we celebrate your power over death. We know that Satan comes to steal and kill and destroy, but you put Satan in his place that day. And I, Father, I pray that we uh, have eternal security, that we can know that death doesn't scare us because of Christ's resurrection, but also the nasty little cousins, the anxiety, the uh, uh, the hopelessness, the pain and the suffering. Father, the, the cousins of death, that we can also have victory over them and we don't let them steal our life. Father, if, we're, if we've seen our own uh, um, spiritual mortality with sins and struggling, God, I pray that we can celebrate the way of forgiveness, the way of freedom, and the way of transformation. Father, that because Jesus died and buried resurrection, because of our baptism into his death by resurrection, Father, that the victory over death and all those things are right there. The way to back to you is given to us. As we remember Jesus through taking this cracker and drinking this juice, we celebrate the resurrection today. We love you. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen.